Well, hey there, everyone. You are listening to Real Relationship Talk, and I am your host, Dana Shea. You guys, we are at episode 40. I cannot believe it. I have been having the time of my life creating these podcast episodes, and I have loved hearing from those of you all who tune in every week. Maybe you're a new listener. Maybe you're just finding the podcast today. Welcome. We are kicking off a new series, and this series is all about hope. And I want to just kick this series off with a conversation with just me and you. So we don't have a guest in this particular episode today because I really want to do a great job in laying the foundation of why I decided to actually do this series and let you know about some things that are coming up. So listen, you guys, real talk. We all face disappointment in our lives, whether you have the most beautiful, perfect relationship or whether you're still kind of looking for that special someone or maybe you're just getting out of a really traumatic or abusive relationship, I think we can all attest to the fact that disappointment does not discriminate. We all are going to face it at some point or another. And if we're not careful, if we don't properly address the disappointments in our lives, we will become bitter, cynical, and hardened. And I'm going to be sharing some kind of real life stories from the field. You guys know that I'm a relationship coach, or if you didn't know, now you do. And so, of course, I always protect the confidentiality of my clients, but I'm going to be sharing some stories kind of loosely so that you can see some of the things that I get to work with my clients on. And I think that this is really going to be a very impactful series, not only this episode today, but in some of the guests that we have coming up. We have Hallie Lord, who is is um, an author and a speaker, a mom of eight kids, and she's going to talk about how her marriage crumbled before her very eyes and what she did about that. We also have Daniel Harold coming up, and he's going to talk about the decision that he and his wife made to get divorced. And, you know, I never want to alienate my divorce listeners. I know that there are many of you who tune in to this podcast and you face divorce or maybe you are facing divorce. This podcast is for you, too. And so this is going to be um, a little bit of an emotional series. However, we are going to infuse hope because that's what I'm all about. You guys have seen the popular hashtag, hashtag hope dealer. And that's what we're doing. We are dispensing hope because hope is the currency that our relationships thrive on. So without any further ado, let's go ahead and jump into our conversation today. So when I started thinking about what can I talk to my amazing listeners, my courageous listeners, what could I talk to them about concerning relationships and how we have to always be full of hope? This is the deal. If if I just recorded into my microphone, hey, guys, be hopeful. Don't give up. You're going to be disappointed, but life gets better. That's probably not going to serve you well. And you honestly probably already know that in your mind. What I want to talk to you today about is what to do when you are in the midst of disappointment. What do you do when everything that you have hoped for, everything that you've been building up to just falls apart in front of you? What do you do with that? How do you pick up the pieces and how do you move on? 
And so I'm going to start off by telling you that everything that I talk about is personal lived experience. I am an avid book reader. For those of y'all who know me, I'm always reading. I have five and six books going on at one time all the time. I love books. I love podcasts. I love gleaning from the knowledge of other people. But what I'm sharing with you today is my life experience. I'm talking about what I know personally. So back in 2008, I lost my best friend to breast cancer. Her name was Sharika. Some of you who know me know her. And we were super close. I loved that girl. She was she was like a sister to me. And I remember when she first got sick and we thought, okay, she's gonna beat this. She was super young, you know, mid thirties. She's gonna she's gonna beat this, no problem. Breast cancer happens to lots of people. And she did. She beat it. She did chemo and she was in remission. Well, about a year or two after she went into remission, she developed a rash on her breast. And at first it was kind of like no big deal. You know, it's just a rash. But because she had a history of breast cancer, you know, she wisely went back to her doctor and her doctor told her, don't worry about it. It's nothing. Well, unfortunately, that was not the case. It was breast cancer, and it came back very quickly, very aggressively. And Sharika was a woman of faith. I don't know that I've met anybody with as much faith as Sharika had. And so she prayed, and I prayed, and the church prayed, and everybody believed that she was going to be healed. And that didn't happen. And I still remember where I was when her husband called me on the phone And it was like time stood still. For those of you who have lost someone close to you, you know exactly what this is like. And I was in Target with Kayla, my daughter. She's 19. Kayla was six years old at the time. And I was putting my little items up on the conveyor belt. And her husband called, Sharika's husband, Vijay, who's still a really close friend of mine, called me and I don't remember much about what happened. I just remember I broke down into tears. Kayla's looking at me like, mommy, mommy, what's wrong? And I told her and we just sat in my car. I made it out to my car and we just cried and cried and cried sitting in the parking lot of Target. And I just remember feeling so in shock, but just feeling so disappointed. Like this was not what we prayed for. This was what do you mean? Like, what? Like, it just, it didn't make any sense to me. I couldn't believe that what her husband, VJ told me was true. And so I remember coming back to my house and my best friend came over along with another friend and I just laid in the bed and just couldn't, I just couldn't function. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't. I even honestly now, sometimes when I think back, it's been 13 years, but I I can't believe that everything that I had been hoping for and praying for and believing for didn't happen. And maybe it's because when I believe God for something, I believe with my whole heart. I'm not one of these people who like kind of believes but doesn't really believe. No, no. Like when I pray for something, I fully expect God to move. I fully expect it to happen. And so when that didn't happen, I didn't know how to deal. And maybe you can relate. Maybe you've been through something in your life where you put all your eggs in the faith basket, right? You put all of your energy and focus and determination into something that didn't work out. And I just want to talk to those of you today who maybe you're dealing with a disappointment in your marriage. 
Maybe you've been married and you thought marriage was supposed to look one way and it's totally looking a different way. Maybe there were some promises that were spoken and things have not materialized the way that you thought that they were supposed to. Maybe you've disappointed someone, you know, and it doesn't have to be a marriage. It could be a relationship. It could be a friendship. Maybe there's a new friend that you were really looking forward to getting to know. Once you got to know them, you realize, oopsie, this isn't really who I expected this person to be. Maybe you've just started a new job or you've launched a new business or whatever you're going through in your life, you're facing some sort of disappointment right now. And I want to read to you guys a scripture that has really been kind of one of those anchor scriptures for me. When I find myself getting disappointed, when I find all of my expectations evaporating before my very own eyes, I find myself coming back to Romans 5, 3 through 5. And I'm going to actually read it to you out of two different translations. The first translation is the net translation. It's the New English translation. Listen to this. It says, not only this, but we also rejoice in sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance character and character hope. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Listen to this, you guys. It says that we rejoice in our sufferings. I don't know about you, but I don't rejoice in my sufferings. Sorry, Paul. I just, I don't do it. I don't rejoice in my sufferings because I don't like suffering. Most of us don't like suffering, right? We are one of the most medicated countries on the planet because we do not know, as human beings, we do not know how to deal well with pain. And so instead of dealing with pain, we numb pain. And we numb pain in all kinds of different ways. Some of you are numbing your pain through being too busy, you're working, you're moving. This is my te- this is my temptation right here, being busy all the time, doing stuff. Now, I am naturally just a very productive person. I am an Enneagram 3, so I'm an achiever, if you guys are familiar with Enneagram. So I'm always doing something, moving, shaking, doing stuff, right? There's nothing wrong with that as a personality trait, but it can become um, a detriment if you're using busyness to numb the pain that you're trying to escape from. Some of you numb through drugs or through drinking too much, through sex. Even good old married people can numb their pain through sex. If your marriage isn't going well, you think, well, we just need to have more sex. If we just have more sex, it'll make it all better. And you realize that that doesn't quite work. Maybe some of you are numbing through other addictions or through harmful behaviors like cutting or sleeping too much or just isolation. You don't want to be around anybody because to be around people means that you have to be vulnerable. It means that you have to be seen and you don't want to be seen. And so you hide. I don't know what your numbing mechanism is, but one thing I do know is that numbing doesn't work. It might help you short term to kind of avoid whatever it is, whatever the pain is that you're facing, but it doesn't work long term. And the scripture says the exact opposite of that. It says instead of, you know, hiding under a rock, that we need to rejoice in our sufferings. Why? Because our sufferings are producing something in us. The first thing that it's producing is endurance. When you realize that you can make it through the most difficult thing that you've ever gone through, it produces endurance. It teaches you that you can go on. You can persevere. You're not going to fall apart. You're not going to just break into two because you're going through something. 
And then it says that that endurance then produces character in you. And then that character produces hope. And this is the thing that doesn't disappoint. Hope does not disappoint. Let me read this to you out of the uh, Passion Translation because I just love how this reads. Same scripture, Romans 5, 3 through 5. It says, but that's not all. Even in times of trouble, we have a joyful confidence. I love that. A joyful confidence. Knowing that our pressures will produce or develop in us patient endurance. And patient endurance will refine our character. And proven character leads us back to hope. And this hope is not a disappointing fantasy. Because we can now experience the endless love of God cascading into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. I want you guys to think about what that means. This hope is not a disappointing fantasy. You see, the truth is a lot of us don't want to hope because we feel like we're living in la-la land. We feel like it's just a fantasy. If we just hope for the best, hope for the best, think for the best, positive thoughts, right? Affirmations, breathe. That's all well and fine. That's not the kind of hope, though, that the Bible is talking about. This kind of hope is a hope that does not disappoint. It doesn't mean that there are not disappointments in life. For example, with the story that I just shared about my friend Sharika, was I disappointed? You better believe I was disappointed. But you know what God did is he allowed that situation to teach me a different facet of him that I had never known. That scripture that some of you know that Jesus is a friend that sticks closer than a brother, right? He doesn't leave us when we feel like being left alone. He doesn't forget us or forsake us when we feel forgotten or forsaken. I've learned so much more about God through grief than I've learned through goodness. I'm going to say that again. I've learned so much more about God through grief than I've learned through his goodness. He he is good. He is so, so good. And I've learned so much about God through his goodness. But God has taught me about who he really is through the things that I have suffered. And this is why we can then rejoice in our suffering. This is why, as the Passion Translation says, we can have a joyful confidence. I remember not too long ago, Sean and I took a weekend getaway. We try to do these things often. We kind of got out of the habit because life and busyness and just honestly not being intentional, right? And this is just a little side note. Anything that you want, you have to be intentional about it. You are not going to have a great marriage just because you want to have a great marriage. You have to be intentional. You have to put some things on the calendar. You have to schedule those date nights. You have to schedule that time with that friend. You have to take time off of work, right? So anyway, so we you know, try to schedule these getaways. And so I remember one particular getaway, I was just really on cloud nine. I was so excited. You know, we hadn't done one in a while and I just had all of these expectations. It's going to be so romantic. We're going to reconnect in ways. We're going to have awesome sex all the weekend long, right? I'm thinking like, it's going to be awesome. And we get on this getaway, y'all. And both me and Sean work a lot and we were both exhausted. And so instead of me just kind of going with it and being like, you know what, maybe we just need to get away and rest, like literally sleep. (laughs) I thought this is not at all what I envisioned. I wasn't having a good time. I was irritable. I was blaming and complaining, not to him because I've grown past that, but in myself, right? I'm being bitter inside, which it is going to leak, okay? on the outside. And so Sean picked up on all this, of course. And I remember us having a conversation and he asked me, he said, what were you expecting? 
And I think that is such a great question to ask yourself before you embark on something new, before you start a new relationship, before you start something, is to ask yourself, what are my expectations? Unmet expectations lead to disappointments. This is something I tell my coaching clients all the time. Unmet expectations lead to disappointments. And this is why premarital coaching is so important. This is why marital coaching is so important. This is why being self-aware is so important. This is why writing down your expectations and communicating them. This is why having a vision for your marriage or your relationship, all these things are so important because unmet expectations lead to disappointment. And so when I was able to articulate to him, this is what I thought this weekend would look like. Then I was able to see where I went wrong. And so now I like to ask that question from jump. What are your expectations? And this is honestly in friendship. I had a girl reach out to me. I have lots of people who reach out to me for mentorship because I'm a pastor at my church and, you know, um, I'm just an awesome person. I'm kidding. (laughs) But really, I do have people that would reach out to me for mentorship and all of that. And so what I've started to ask them now is what are your expectations? Because I don't want someone coming into a relationship with me thinking that this is going to happen one way, and then I'm thinking this is going to happen another way. And I've learned, because I'm self-aware, I've learned what my limitations are, I've learned what my weaknesses are, and I've learned how much time I actually realistically have to give toward things. So I say no probably to a lot more things that I would want to say no to because I know me. I know that I would try to do 100 things for 100 people and I will fail and I will feel ashamed of myself, miserable, beat myself up and let a lot of people down. And so instead of going through that whole rigmarole, I've decided I'm just going to say no. I, I would love to, but I just don't have the margin to do that. I don't have the space right now in order to do that. However, I can I can pass you on to this person or have you considered doing this or Group coaching, right? There are so many people who reach out and they want like one-on-one attention, which is great. However, we can do this in a group and it can be even better. And so learn who you are and you have to be really realistic about your expectations. So this girl reaches out to me and she's she's looking for a mentor. And so I told her, I was like, listen, I'm going to just let you know up front, I suck at follow-up. Like I do, y'all. It is one of my biggest weaknesses. I have so many reminders. I have a planner. I have to put all of these sticky notes everywhere just to remind myself to follow up with people. And there's always follow-up to be had, right? And so instead of me putting some, you know, oh, yeah, 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 great, great, great. I'm going to call you on Tuesday. Nope. I told her I'm probably not going to be the one to initiate. So you are probably going to have to initiate these conversations, okay? It doesn't mean that I don't want to spend time with you, but I'm letting you know this is a weakness that I have. This is an area that I'm just going to be really honest with you about. And y'all, when I did that, it released so much pressure from me, and I think that it released her from having an expectation of me that she was going to be disappointed in had I not told her up front. And so make sure that you're self-aware and make sure that you are saying, what are your expectations? If you are unclear about what your expectations are, and if the person that you're in a relationship with is unclear about what your expectations are, then you can see that that is a train going nowhere fast. You're going to be disappointed. And so I want to encourage you all 
to not only think about what are your expectations, but then, and I'm talking especially to my married folks or those of y'all who are in long-term relationships, that you feel constantly disappointed in your partner. They're constantly not meeting your expectations. They're constantly letting you down. They're constantly unreliable. And listen, that might be a character flaw on their part. And if so, you're going to need to decide what you're going to do about that. But what I want to encourage you to do is ask yourself, is there a place where you need to forgive? Is there an area where you have been let down and it might not even be by your partner? It could be by a parent. It could be by friends that you grew up with. It could be an old employer. It could be whoever that they let you down. And so now you're carrying around this whole disappointment like a little sack on your shoulder. And everyone who comes in contact with you has to experience the disappointed side of you. Is there somebody that you need to forgive? We did an episode way early in the podcast. I think it was episode 13. Yes. And it was called um, Forgiveness. And it was releasing them, restoring you. You see, you all, forgiveness is the key that unlocks the frozen heart. If you are cold to people, if you are stuck and you feel like you can't move forward in a relationship because this person is just letting you down all the time, could it be that you need to forgive? Could it be that you need to release that person? And y'all, I had to, going back to that scenario that I was telling you about with the getaway, I had to forgive Sean for not meeting my expectations. I had to forgive myself for not stating what my expectations were. And then I had to salvage what was good because this is the deal, you guys. We can get so caught up in being disappointed and looking at all the wrong. You know, by nature, I am an optimistic person. I'm always glass half full. Actually, my glass is always full. It's overflowing full. I'm a happy-go-lucky, jovial person most of the time, except if you catch me at 5 a.m. I'm not a morning person, so you will not find the optimistic, happy-go-lucky side of me that early. But About 8.30 a.m. and later, I'm a pretty happy person. So what happens, though, y'all, is I can get so in my head rehearsing all of the disappointments and all of the things that went wrong that I can forget everything that's going right. And some of you have great relationships. Some of you, your marriages are not as bad as you think they are, but it's what you're focusing on that's making it appear like it's so terrible. And so change your focus. Stop meditating on all the things that are going wrong in your relationship and all the times that you've been let down and all the times that this person said they were going to do one thing and they didn't. I'm not saying that you just forget about those things and move on. What I am saying is that you need to forgive those things and forgive those people. And then you need to focus on what is right. I go through an exercise Every couple months, when I feel myself getting in a rut, when I feel myself wanting to look at Sean sideways and wanting to think about all of his flaws and all the things that he's not doing that are measuring up to my expectations and standards, and I have to get a pen and paper, right? Like no computer, no typing in my phone, like old-fashioned pen and paper, and I write out either the things that I love about him, I write about things that I'm grateful for, I write about where we've come from, and where we're going, I I focus on my our goals, right? I have to intentionally put myself in a mindset 
of gratitude and in a mindset of being thankful for what we have and being thankful for what has been. This is how you rejoice in your suffering. This is how you have that joyful confidence, knowing that what is today doesn't always have to be. But you're never going to be able to get to where you're going if you find yourself continuing to stay stuck in where you are. That's a word for somebody right there. Listen, I'm not saying that all your problems are going to go away and you don't have a right to be disappointed. You absolutely have the right to be disappointed. And like I open up this episode saying, we are all going to go through disappointments in our lives, but you have to make a decision that you are not going to stay stuck there, that you are going to say that happened. This is happening. However, I'm going to choose to be joyful. And I'm going to choose to see the good. You can always find good. You know, they used to say, if you can't find something nice to say about someone, don't say anything at all. And I say, if you can't find something nice to say about someone, look harder. You're just not looking hard enough because there is something redemptive in every single person. I really believe that, that there is something redemptive in every single situation. Maybe you went through a divorce, and we're going to talk about that in a few episodes. Maybe you went through a divorce. There's something redemptive there. There's growth opportunities there. There's new levels of self-awareness there. But you have to be on the lookout for the good things. And so that is my encouragement to you all today, that we can go through hard things and not just go through hard things. We can go through hard things and come out shining on the other side We can go through hard things and make those hard things work together for our good. Like it says in Romans 8, 28, that God is able to make all things work together for your good, for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. If you love God, if you're called according to his purpose, that means anything, death, divorce, disease, depression, you name it, all of that is able to work toward your good. But it's all about what you're going to focus on. What you focus on gets bigger. Focus on the disappointment and the problems, it'll get bigger. You'll stay stuck. Focus on the goodness of God. Focus on where you're going. Focus on the blessings. Focus on what you're learning. And guess what? Your hope will get bigger. Your joy will get bigger. Your peace and your contentment will get bigger. So that's my encouragement to you all today. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that this has encouraged you. I pray that whatever you're going through, that hard thing right now, that you know that you are stronger than you know. You are resilient. God has a purpose and a plan for you. Even in the midst of what you're struggling with, he's got a purpose in it. He's got a plan for it. Don't let it destroy you. It is not bigger or stronger than you are. Head over to realrelationshiptalk.com forward slash episode 40, where you can see the show notes for this episode. And I also want to encourage those of you who do need some one-on-one time with me, or maybe you are interested in getting in a part of a group coaching session. I love group coaching. I've been a part of several group coaching sessions, and I will tell you something that my life has been changed as I have gleaned from the wisdom of other people. Do not go through these things alone. There's no reason in 2021 for us to be going through anything alone. We have way too many things at our disposal. All you have to do is reach out. 
So meet me over at realrelationshiptalk.com forward slash episode 40, and you will find a link to connect with me and also the show notes for this episode. I'm super excited about this series, you guys. I hope that you tune into every single episode. Be sure to share these with someone who needs some encouragement today. And as always, I will see you on the next episode. Take care. Ladies, guess what? I'm super excited to announce to you my new group coaching class called Wife Life. That's right. This group coaching class is going to be for wives and soon-to-be wives, women who are engaged to be married, who want to go deeper in their relationships with their husbands and deeper in their relationships with one another. You guys, I have been in several group coaching classes, and if I can give you a little secret, you not only glean from the wisdom of the main coach, which is me, but you are also going to glean from the wisdom and the stories and the encouragement and the support of each other. I want to encourage those of you who, for whatever reason, haven't been able to get started with individual coaching or even relationship coaching. Group coaching is going to blow your socks off. You are going to be so glad that you are a part of this initial class. I cannot wait to see you in this session. So here's the deal. For more information and all the deets, head over to danashay.com forward slash coaching. That's Dana Shea, D-A-N-A-C-H-E dot com forward slash coaching and look for the group coaching tab. Go ahead and enter your email and I will send you all the information that you need to know. I'm super excited about this session. You guys, we are going to go higher. We are going to be better wives and our husbands are going to be the happy recipients of everything that we're going to learn. So I will see you in the Wife Life class. Talk soon. We've been drowning in the dark till I hope was gone. I'm not lost without you. Hey friend, I'm Brooke McLaughlin, host of the Everyday Prayers Podcast, a ministry of million praying moms. And I'm here to invite you to partner with God for the hearts of your children on the daily. Our goal at Everyday Prayers is to help moms understand and pray God's word. Join us each weekday as we share insights from God's word for today's Christian mom. Tune in to the Everyday Prayers Podcast in your favorite app or by visiting lifeaudio.com.